Hello, hello, hello. It's another episode of The Walking Bucket. This is Noah Rubenstein. As always, we're here to talk some MBA. And I'm here with Ezra. Ezra, how, how, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm a bit uh, concerned about the Nets, but other than that, I'm really doing well. I'm excited to be back for another podcast. We open up every episode with the state <laughs> and emotion of Nets fandom. So today we're concerned. I think last two episodes we were ecstatic. So a little bit of a, a somber day, but should get the win today against the Pistons. And it'll be another episode of The Walking Bucket and another happy night for the Nets fans. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. So we're approaching the final stretch of the season, maybe some tanking going on some jockeying for seeding will be coming up but i'm just ready for the playoffs and with that as always let's start the episode with a walking bucket ezra who's your walking bucket well on the on the the concerned nets front i i got to witness my walking bucket of the week play the nets the other night and go off and that's Lamelo ball um this week he the hornets went two and two they lost to the Knicks surprisingly, but then beat Utah and the Nets and then lost to Denver last night on a back-to-back. So unfortunately, scheduling for them there. But LaMelo had 32-9-5 against the Knicks, 21-5-4 against Utah. So not astounding, but a pretty good style line to win. Against the Nets, he had 33-9-7, and and it actually felt like he didn't miss a shot through three quarters. Didn't really score much in the fourth. I'm pretty sure he had 31 through three, and they still ended up winning. Um, and then he had 22-11 assists and six rebounds against Denver. So a really solid week for LaMelo. They got some key wins also. Um, and they're right in the hunt for the eight seed, potentially seven seed, depending on how they play. Um, but – Overall, I was really impressed with Lamella's play this week, and he really stood out for me. When he's on, he is on, and he's one of these new age irrational confidence guys where they think they're making everything. And it's really fun to watch those guys play because either you watch them and it's crazy or you watch them play against your team and they just shoot a lot of bad shots. But I was listening to something a couple weeks ago, and they were talk- it was Bill Simmons, and he was talking about how LaMelo Ball is, was one of the hardest players to evaluate pre-draft because of all the Australia stuff. Mm-hmm. But turned out that Charlotte got a good one. Did. They did. Who's your walking bucket of the week? I have Spicy P, Pascal Siakam. I think he is a little bit under the radar, and so are the Raptors. They're the sixth seed now. They play like six, seven guys, and I think the top three or four players in the NBA in minutes per game are all on the Raptors. So Nick Nurse uh, using the Tom Thibodeau uh, method. But anyways, in the last 10 games, Siakam's averaging 28 points per game on close to 55% from the field and 47.4% from three, which is really good for him. He had 40 in a double overtime, no, excuse me, in an overtime win last night against the Celtics without most of their players, but he had 35 earlier in a pivotal game against Cleveland this past week. So just a guy who I know we've been critical of on the pod in the past and might be flying a little bit under the radar, but I think the Raptors are a sneaky team right now. And 
he's there. He's been their leader these past few games. Absolutely. They're getting some key wins when needed as well. They're sneaking up there in the standings. They're, they're right there. They might get out of the play-in or they're out of the play-in right now. They might be in the five seed for four seed for all we know. We never, we don't know how these last couple of games are going to play out. And I think we'll discuss that a bit um, coming up, but definitely he's been playing out of his mind. I'm, I'm a bit surprised. I know we've been hard on him, like you said, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how far he can take them these last couple of games and into the playoffs. Definitely. I would like, he's one of those guys that I kind of want to go back and watch someone's YouTube breakdown of him as a draft prospect and see what people are saying about him because I've never seen anyone on Twitter take a victory lap for being like, I was right about Pascal Siakam. So out of college. So it'd be interesting to see what people were saying. I think those are some, those are fun. So let's dive right into the, the big, big segment of the week. We're going to do a little fill in the blank what if whatever you want to call it so i will uh pass it over to you give me a a line or a phrase for for me to fill in the blank all right so i think i'll start with the topic that i was just touching on and that is around the play in and bottom half of the east standings and that this this statement is fill in blank at the end of the statement so the Bulls falling into a play-in spot against the Cavaliers would be blank. So the Bulls play the Cavs in the play-in, or they? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. what? So that would be seven, eight. Yep, seven, eight. And then Nets would be nine. Or are I you assume, saying Nets pass them? I assume it, either way it could be either. Okay, so seven, eight would be. Disappointing. Disappointing, but for all of my preseason predictions, exciting. Right. I think it's just unfortunate because they had a potential MVP candidate early in the year, and they looked like they could be one of the better teams in the league with Lonzo getting hurt, Levine getting hurt, Caruso getting hurt. I think Bulls fans may blame Grayson Allen for the disappointment, but I think it's – I, I wish I could say expected, but it's just disappointing. And who knows, maybe Levine will, will not want to stay around next year because his contract could be up and he didn't sign the extension. Maybe he doesn't want to run it back with 33-year-old DeRozan. Who knows? I mean, that would be wild, but, but who knows? I'm going with disappointing. I know it's basic, but disappointing. I mean, that's the same thought process I had. First of all, we don't hear any of the media talking about Levine's contract next year and declining. I mean – could be very well be because you can make more money in the offseason. You see that a lot with guys declining um, to extend. So it's a possibility. Again, he could have he could have done it um, during the regular season, but you do that see that often. However, no one's really talking about it. And on the Cavs front, it would be disappointing in itself because they were the one seed for a decent amount of time in the middle of the season there, and they kind of just trailed off a bit. Jared Allen getting hurt, relying on Garland, as you mentioned. Um, so it's definitely something to watch. They, the Bulls have a tough schedule left. I'm not sure if you've seen their schedule, but they have the Wizards tonight, who should be a win. They have the Clippers, who have PG back, the Heat, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Hornets, and the T Wolves. So no walk in the park there. The Nets have the easiest schedule remaining in the league. They have Detroit tonight, Hawks, Rockets. They have the Bucks, hardest game left, Knicks. Cavs, Pacers. So two 
basically polar opposite schedules could definitely see some flip-flopping around there in the bottom half of the East, but definitely something to watch. And I think it would be disappointing for those two fan bases if it did end up happening. The only thing I want to say is for the Cavs, they're kind of just playing with house money. So as long as they make the playoffs, I think it's a successful season. I kind of, I don't think you expected nothing and it's just a little bit of like, Oh, but I think it's okay. Like, I think if I'm the Cavs and they are, have a playing game and are in the playoffs, then I'm happy with whatever happens next. It's not quite comparable, but 18, 19 Nets expected nothing, literally nothing. And then they got to the first round against the Sixers and I wanted everything. Yeah. And even though you're playing with money, it's, 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 uh, it's hard to swallow if you, if you do fall back that far. And if they do end up making the playoffs, then it's a disappointment. It's always tough to, Tough to handle for a fan basis. Right. I think that at least they still have Garland, Jared Allen, Mobley. Exactly. They have so many. They'll be fine. Um, right. All right. So mine, let's see. The Which one should I choose? I'll do a blank in the middle. The blanks should be the favorite to win it all. The odds-on favorite is your question. No, just who do you who is your favorite? Like, who do you think is the favorite to win it all right now? Oh boy. Um, I have to go with the Suns, even though I have my doubts. Um, I mean, they're playing basketball at an extremely high level right now. They just got Chris Paul back. He had nineteen and fourteen assists 19 points 14 assists against the Sixers the other night and that in a clear power matchup they the Suns ended up winning in Phoenix but they're playing great basketball right now Devin Booker's playing at a really high level I think he's averaging 26 points a game so not that top tier scores but really really solid basketball and there's all this chatter right now about him deserving to be in the MVP race and he's just not so that's um, another discussion we can talk about at another point, but I think he is playing an MVP level at, on, on a team that has the best record in the league. Um, and I think they are playing the best basketball right now and should be the odds on favorite to win the title this year. I, I like the Suns. It'd be very hard to disagree. If they don't make the finals, then they'll be on a list with essentially only the uh 07 Mavs for teams that won over 66 games and didn't make the finals but mm. just all the numbers i don't think that chris paul should be in the mvp conversation Agreed. i i don't think he should i think if he were to win mvp which he won't so it doesn't matter we would look back in 20 years and be like how in the world did someone with these stats win the mvp um, mm. and so, and I like to look at those things. So I think, that <laughs> I think it matters. I think the only, I think if we, it's weird because I think there are more teams I like in the East, but because they all have to play each other, I can't decide who the clear favorite is there. I think I would choose the nets, even though it's weird to choose them in, in the, their current position, but, um, yeah. 
I didn't have to be boring and agree and say the Suns are definitely the favorite. My preseason pick from the West was the Warriors, but they have too many injuries. If they were healthy, I would have picked them, even with everything, just for the experience and Chris Paul's bad luck. All right. Give me your one. I just want to add one more thing there. I hate comparing to last year, but I don't. So my odds on favorite is them to win the Suns, but I, I hate comparing to last year, but I keep finding myself comparing the team to last year because it is pretty similar. And in my opinion, I don't think the Bucks last year were the best team in the league and they handled them pretty solidly in playoffs and in the finals, I should say. So as hard as it is for me not to compare it to last year, I'm having trouble picking them as the most dominant team in the playoffs. Do you think, I kind of disagree that they handled them easily. There were like a few plays that if they went like the Giannis block, then the Giannis dunk and the Drew steal, like those were ridiculous plays where right. if maybe only one of those happens, then we go to game seven and then it's like, Oh, it was sick finals. I mean, it was still a sick finals, but yeah, I mean, I shouldn't have said easily. They handled them and I don't think they were the best team. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's why that goes back to my point about the East where I think it would be, it's harder for me to pick a team out of the East because I think there's many teams that could beat each other where I look at the West and can the sun like going up and down, let's say the Clippers are the eight with no Kawhi or whatever. I think the Suns can beat the Clippers seven. I think the Suns would easily beat the Timberwolves Denver. The Suns easily beat them last year. And I think they would easily beat them again, Utah. I think they're easily would beat them. Dallas, we are like one and eight against Phoenix or one and nine since we had Luca. So I don't trust them. Warriors injured. Don't trust them. Grizzlies first time around. Don't trust them. Where in like the East, if I tried to do that with any of the teams, like I think there's a valid argument for like the top four teams. Right. Exactly. So it should be interesting. It should be interesting for sure. All right. This is more, uh, I have a fill in the blank for you. Middle, middle of the sentence. This is recent news from yesterday. Losing Robert Williams is blank for the Celtics and their title chances. Blank for their title chances. Hmm. I think losing Robert Williams diminishes their title chance their title chances does not remove does not destroy i'm going to say diminishes in part because as much as like i have these stats here okay so in in january someone wrote an article on a celtics blog that said the combination of marcus smart jalen brown tatum horford Rob Williams has the best defensive rating in the league among 53 five-man lineups, which have logged at least a hundred minutes. The particular group has now recorded 174 minutes together and has allowed just 91.3 points per hundred possessions. And then Rob Williams has the second best net rating on the Celtics at plus 20 and a half in the month of March. And he has the lowest defensive net rating of any of their top seven players at 103.0. The reason why I say it only slightly diminishes is because this is how they're used to playing and it is what they've been doing and they've been really good at it. And it'd be stupid for me to say that it doesn't make it lower. Now, 
The reason why I think it's not that as big of a hit is because they will always in any series, any game have the chance to have the best player on the floor in Tatum, which is really what you need. And I think having the ability to go small is more important in the playoffs than it is to be able to go big. And now you'll say, well, Embiid, Giannis, whatever. For Giannis purposes, I think they'll still be able to have enough bodies to wall up. Grant Williams has been one of the best small ball fives in the NBA this year. Now, and I think against a team like the Nets, for instance, like they, Rob Williams would obviously make them way better, but I think they still have enough of the bodies to maintain their pretty similar identity and be able to switch all five positions. And I really, it relies on Horford basically still being like the Horford of three years, five years ago that he's been for the last stretch, but because of just like playoff basketball and the way things have been in the playoffs with like playing Rudy Gobert off the floor thing and all this other stuff, I think having, having the pieces that they have, they still have a chance. It just is slightly lower. Yeah. I actually, I agree. I agree. Um, they have, they have guys that could fill up the minutes. Horford already plays 29 minutes a game. So again, like you said, he'll have to be the old Horford for them to really not skip a beat on that front, but they have other pieces and it's not like he's their starting center and that's the only way they play in the seal. And they're losing a guy that is a key piece to everything they do. That's not, he is not everything they do. Tatum is everything they do. Um, and like you said, I mean, watching the Nets in the playoffs over the past couple of years and the playoffs in general, going small is key. And to your point of Embiid and Giannis, you need somebody to stop them. No one's stopping them. A team will stop them in terms of walling up and playing solid defense, but there's no one guy that you can have on the floor that will stop them. So it might not even be worth keeping someone on the floor that can stop them marginally. Right. Like Robert Williams, and example. they still have – Tice to pick up fouls who they got at the deadline, which is actually super key now just for like body purposes. Right. So. Although he's not good. He's not, but he can just go out and hack and beat and then like go out and they don't have to get fouls on someone they actually need. Right. But they have to play and beat anyways. In the end, like I think their line, I think their five that they have will still beat will be good enough to win a first round series unless they're like in i mean yeah i mean i think it'll still be fine maybe unless they're playing the raptors with what we talked about today which if you want to explain that that report yeah. from wendy well i think it's more suspicion than anything but the raptors played the celtics in toronto last night and suspiciously Three players were out. I believe it was Grant Williams, Jason Tatum, and Al Horford who were not out the next game they played or the game before. Um, so the the suspicion is that those three are not vaccinated and cannot play in Toronto. So, I mean, they Tatum has been on the record saying they're vaccinated. The Celtics have not commented on whether their team is vaccinated. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, if they end up playing, and it's possible they could they can end up playing in the first round, but just something to keep an eye on. Got it. Should I throw out uh, another fill in the blank? Yep, let's do one more. Utah blows it up if they don't make it. 
does have to be one uh, it doesn't have to be one word i assume um they blow it up if they don't make it past the second round meaning they don't make the conference finals and what does blowing it up mean to you is it just is it rudy is it donovan is it both so i'm not exactly sure what donovan mitchell's contract is do you know what it is no idea i'm sure assuming it's a max it is a max i'm pretty sure he signed it very recently um and by blow it up i mean donovan mitchell will request out of there and they will trade him they've been the same team for four years expecting to go deep into have a deep run to the playoffs and they've not been able to make any noise. The bubble was a serious disappointment against the Nuggets. Um, and they, last they, year was a serious disappointment. Last last year was a serious disappointment. So I think, I mean, we've been hearing inklings of Donovan Mitchell wanting out of there and wanting to go to New York the whole season. It's kind of been just rumblings. And I never used to believe those things until recently when all of the rumblings seemed to be, become true. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean – I don't know how you can move forward with a team if you don't make maybe if maybe if you make the second round in a close series you keep them together but if you do anything less than compete in the second round then I think it's over for them and it could be anything for those star players. The only defense for keeping it together is that you're Utah and you don't <laughs> there's no way to get good guys other than the draft and maybe trades but I think it's it you turn into like the Hawks of the Joe Johnson era and mm-hmm. then the era after that too, if you just keep it. So I think you have you have to try something. And then the reason why I asked about the Levine thing is because it's rumblings on people on Mavs Twitter that are obsessed with Levine that tweet that it is just Twitter trolls. And those same Twitter trolls are the ones tweeting, I'm gonna be so mad when Rudy Gobert goes to the Hawks next year. <laughs> right. I mean, they also just – they just hired Danny Ainge to be, I think, president of basketball operations or president – I forget his exact title, but he's there now. So so they'll Something. be involved in – they'll be close to making a move in every move that's rumored now. Precisely. Precisely. Anything else you want to touch on? No, nah, I think the Grizzlies are definitely a te- team to keep an eye on. Also, they're young. We've said on this podcast before, it's not their time yet, but it, it may very well be their time. I think um, Desmond Bain, on his interview after the Nets game on ESPN, Malika Andrews asked him, what, what's one word to describe this team? He said, it's our time. So That's fair. Is there, is there anyone – like, where do you rank them in terms of, like, finals contenders? Probably th- three behind the healthy Warriors and Suns. So, in um, in the West or in the whole NBA? In the West, in the West, sorry. Oh, okay. To make it to the finals. To Got it. it finals. Okay. Fair. In the NBA, it's a little murky in that six to ten range for me fair not really sure where i'd put them how about you i think i'm picking to win it 
they're much lower down because I'll put I'll put Phoenix. I'd put like the top four plus Nets East teams before them. Right. And then they're in the same. They're in like the Dallas tier for me, honestly. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they make it the same. Like if either team lost in the conference finals, I wouldn't be so surprised. I think they're better than us, but we've basically swept. I mean, we've not swept them, but we've done really well against them this year. So we'll see. And yeah, that's, I mean, the only other question I had that I'm kind of curious now is last year's Hawks team was blank. (laughs) (sighs) A surprise, an anomaly, I I guess. Um, I mean, Trey Young just went electric in the playoffs and they use offense to beat teams and can only do that for so long. Saying that as a, a Nets fan that believes that offense wins can win a championship. But I mean, if it's kind of like um, the Cavs without defense, like they rely on Trey Young for everything. They try to fill guys around him um, that can produce a bit, but they don't have any defense to defensive identity. I think my answer would be last year's Hawks team was matchup heaven, mm. meaning that matchups in the playoffs matter so much. And that's really what we're going to see. Like that Knicks team wasn't very good, clearly. And the Sixers collapsed before our eyes. And then they lost to the Bucks without Giannis. So, right. <laughs> um, but I still think they're good. And they'll definitely be in the playoffs next year. So no need to panic. Just wanted to bring that up. But that's all I got. Good fill in the blanks. Good episode. We'll be back next week. Special episode. Stay tuned. It's, it's always a fun time recording. And I hope you enjoy. Have a good one. Have a good one.